0: The following audio is from Christian Heritage Church. More information about Christian Heritage Church is available at chctoday.com. You can take your Bibles and you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Two weeks ago we started this series on the gift and we talked about the gift of love. Last week we talked about the gift of hope. This morning we're going to talk about the gift of joy. The gifts that God has given to you and I and made available to us so that we can live Powerfully over, powerful overcoming lives for him. So I want to talk to you this morning about living happy in a grumpy world. And when we think about joy and happiness, we have to recognize there is a bit of difference between those two things. Happiness is an emotion. Much like anger, disappointment, happiness is an emotion. To be honest with you, when I put on my jacket at 1020 this morning and I saw that there was a stain on the lapel, I was not happy. That's an emotion. But the joy of the Lord never left. Can you say amen? Amen. We need to understand there is a difference. Happiness is often event-driven. It's due to external circumstances. But joy is a gift that God gives us that is not dependent on what's happening around us, only dependent upon who lives within us. So we want to look at joy this morning. The Bible actually uses the word joy or rejoice over 300 times throughout the Scriptures. The word happiness is only used 30 times. So it shows us the priority that God places on these things. So I wanna kinda set it up this way this morning and talk to you about some things that make me happy. Will you give me that first slide this morning? Two weeks ago I told you that I love to re-gift things, especially ties, you remember that conversation? Well, the next uh, Monday or Tuesday, someone came into the office and they had a gift for Yvonne and I, and I took it home, she opened it, and inside that box there was, would you believe it? This tie. They got me. I love it when people get me. And this card, it's on the screen, was also attached. You may not be able to read it. So let me read it to it. It says, nice try, buddy. Do not re-gift. You must keep this tie for yourself. Do not re-gift. I love it when people come back like that. That's good stuff. Made me laugh. It made me happy. You say, who did that? Well, I won't tell you their uh, names, but their initials are Michael and Pam McCoy. All right. <laughs> Give me the next slide. There's a lot of things that make me happy. Seeing little boys accept the challenge to see how many marshmallows they can stuff in their mouth, that makes me happy. Nathan had 11. Give me the next slide, please. There's a lot of things that make me happy. Those are our two youngest grandkids, Harper and Spencer. That makes me happy. That's just too sweet, isn't it? The next slide, please. These are my oldest son's kids, uh, Connor, Audrey, and Corbin. And they're all basketball players in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. They all like the number 35, not because of their dad or their pops, but because of Kevin Durant, believe it or not. But that makes me happy, I love that. And we're gonna get to go see them play basketball here in just a few weeks. Give me the next slide. As many of you know, I'm from Pioneer Stock in western Oklahoma. Now this is not actually a picture of my great-grandmother, but she looked very similar to that. She was a pistol-packing mama, if you know what I mean. She used that shotgun to fend off uh, all types of uh, advances against their farm, against claim jumpers, against outlaws, against Indians. She used to put foot on the table. And I am so glad, next slide, that the tradition continues. Doesn't look like the lady in the green suit, does it? But that really is her. And I'm counting on her to put some food on the table. So that's happiness. That's happiness. You can go ahead and take that down. Thank you. Happiness almost always, yeah, I knew you'd love that one. Happiness almost always is something like this. If this happens, then happiness occurs. It's circumstance driven. It's event driven. It comes from the external. Whereas joy is a gift that God gives us. Something he freely pours into our heart and pours into our spirit that becomes the bedrock of our soul. You know, we can be unhappy and still have the joy of the Lord. We can be angry and still have the joy of the Lord. We can be disappointed and never lose the joy of the Lord because joy is a gift given to us through Jesus Christ. Joy is a solid, unshakable belief that the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ I have will hold true. It anchors me to who He is and what He has done. Sometimes life is hard. Some days life is harder than others and you can say amen. But joy is not based on feeling. Joy is based on fact. The fact that God gave His Son, that He willingly died on Calvary for you and I, and because of that, we can rejoice. Joy is a deep security based on our knowledge that God loves us, God cares for us, and God's got this. So let's look at Luke chapter 2 this morning, verses 8 through 11. The Bible says these words, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord showed around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Father, we ask that you would anoint this time of ministry. Let the Word of God be clear and sharp and powerful and touch hearts and touch lives today. Remind each one of us of the gift you've already given we simply have to receive. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want you to understand this morning that this season, as well as every season in life, can be a time of joy if we simply receive the gift God has given to us. It doesn't matter how broke you may be. It doesn't matter how busy you may be. If we will receive the gift of joy that comes through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we will understand what God has done for us. And we will be able to keep our attitude between the ditches, you know what I mean? And live a joyful life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you can be as joyful as you choose to be, or you can be as grumpy as you choose to be. It's entirely up to you which well you choose to tap into. I encourage you this morning, tap into the well of joy that comes through Jesus Christ. Allow that bedrock in your faith to never be shaken and never be moved, knowing and understanding that God has provided for you the ability to live happy in a grumpy world. If you really want to have joy this Christmas season, then let's focus on three areas. Number one, can I challenge you to focus on Jesus? Because he really is the reason for the season. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I've never watched this program. I know most of you probably have. I grew up in a backwoods country where cartoons were really not a part of what we did. But I've heard all about Charlie Brown's Christmas special that Charles Schultz wrote in 1965 and has been airing every year since then. And it's interesting to me that in that Christmas special, Linus... When asked, what is Christmas all about, says to Charlie Brown, the scriptures we have just read. Charlie, this is what Christmas is all about. It's about the coming of Jesus Christ. It's also interesting to me that in our culture today, people want to remove that from the Christmas story. Can I tell you, there is no Christmas without Jesus Christ. There is no reason to celebrate without acknowledging the birth of the Son of the living God. But it doesn't just stop in a stable in Bethlehem. That gift proceeds down through the annals of time to the point where He gave Himself on a cross. And on the third day, He rose again from the dead so that today you and I can say, through Him we truly do live. See, so it doesn't really matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what school district says, Linus, you can't say those words in the school program. Did you read that story this last week? There was a school district that said you can't use those scriptures. There was silence instead during that time. What happened? The audience recited them instead. I love that. Come on, church. Be creative. Think of ways to keep Christ in Christmas. It doesn't matter what somebody tells you. When you have the joy of the Lord in your heart and in your spirit, you will not allow any scrooge, any atheist, any agnostic, any idiot, okay, I'm going to say it, any idiot to take that away from you. We understand what Jesus is all about, what Christmas is all about, and it's about Jesus. You see, even though it's often a time of family and friends, that's not what it's about. It's often about gifts under the tree, but that's really not what it's about. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Kind of reminds me of the little girl who after they'd opened all the presents, someone said to her, well, did you get everything you wanted this year? She looked and said, no, but it's not my birthday. Come on, that's the attitude we've got to have. It's not about me, it's about Him. You see, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the celebration that we forget who we're supposed to be celebrating. The world does that all the time. I mean, every year, it's earlier and earlier and earlier when you walk into the stores and the Christmas stuff is out. It won't be long until it's up all year round, I'm sure. It's all about commercialization. But I've come to tell you, we need to celebrate Jesus Christ. When you see me, I'm gonna say Merry Christmas. I refuse to say happy holidays. I refuse to say Merry Xmas. No, I am not Xing Jesus out. It's all about him. So Merry Christmas. It's all about Jesus. You say, Well, that's politically incorrect. Well, so am I. Get over it. That's life. If you want politically incorrect, you should probably be in a different church. Can you say amen? Said to someone not long ago, "If I haven't offended you yet, wait five minutes. It'll happen. I'm pretty sure of that." See, it's all about Jesus. It's not about different ways we can package God's gift or commercialize God's gift, but it's about the way we receive the gift of God, who is Jesus Christ. Kind of reminds me of the Christmas play, and two little boys were vying for the role of Joseph. The one who didn't get it got really upset because he was only the innkeeper. So he decided he would get even. And during the Christmas play, when Joseph and Mary came and knocked on the door of the inn, rather than saying, there's no room for you, he threw the door open and said, come right on in. I've got the honeymoon suite for you. Joseph, not to be undone, looked him square in the eye and said, are you kidding me? I wouldn't let my wife stay in a dump like this. We're going to the barn. Come on, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Focusing on Jesus remembers we recall what God has done for us. It means we unwrap the package, the gift that God brought to us thousands of years ago through a stable in Bethlehem. It means that we recognize He didn't, wasn't just and isn't just a little child in a manger, but that He grew in wisdom that he became the man of God he was, that he was without sin, that he lived the perfect life, that he did great miracles, that he was the son of the living God, and that he died on the cross. But the third day he rose again from the dead. Oh, listen to me. There are tons of religions that celebrate the birth of their founder, but only one that celebrates the resurrection. And that's us. That's why we rejoice today, because my Savior isn't laying in a tomb somewhere. I'm not going to a stable in Bethlehem to remember Jesus, but I'm standing at an empty tomb, and I'm declaring, because He lives, I live also. That's the reason we have Christmas. That's the reason we have hope today. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So can I challenge you? Over the next six days, focus on Jesus. Make him a priority. Put him in the center of your celebration. Don't allow anyone, whether it's a coworker, whether it's an establishment, or even a family member, to take Christ from Christmas. Focus on the reason we celebrate today, and that is Jesus Christ. And if you do, I assure you, He'll fill you with joy. Number two, I encourage you to focus on others. Focusing on Jesus helps us develop the attitude that He had, where He understood, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. You see, when we focus on others, we really begin to experience the joy of the Lord. Paul said it this way in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, you ready? How he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's a great statement. We need to remember that. It's not about what I get. It's about what I can give. It's not about what I receive. It's about how I can bless someone else. It's all about what we can invest in someone else's life. Paul says that joy flows from generosity. You need to write that down. That's a pretty good statement. Joy flows from generosity. When we choose to invest in someone else, we experience the joy of the Lord. Joy doesn't come from getting all we can get from others. Joy comes from giving all we can give to others. See, so many think that if I come to church at Christmas time, I've done a good thing. I've got news for you. It's. Let me be careful how I say this. I don't want to be negative. You need to understand that walking into church, in and of itself, is not necessarily a good thing. But walking out of church and giving to someone else is a great thing, and it's from that source that joy begins to flow in your hearts and in your life. I was so thrilled last week at the New Song concert when a family that I'd been praying with, developing a relationship with over the last year, raised their hand, stepped forward, prayed the sinner's prayer, and said, we want Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. That gives me joy. That's a reason to rejoice, folks, because people, when you give, receive what you're offering to them. See, we need to understand more people are drawn by the joy that's in you than by the words you choose to preach. So let the joy of the Lord flow through your hearts and flow through your lives to touch others. If you want to do the joy of Christmas, discover the joy of giving to someone else. Jesus said, whenever you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So if you want joy in your life today, let's try a different paradigm. Let's try finding somebody in need and giving to them. Let's try find somebody who's hurting and ministering life to them. Let's try finding someone who's discouraged and picking them up and encouraging them. The first church I pastored back in southern Kansas, it was a small, rural community. And we had a lot of folks with pretty great needs most of the time. So at Christmas, much like we did here under Ann's leadership, we would put together gift baskets. Sometimes there was food, sometimes gifts for the children. Everything varied depending on the need of the family. And then I had a team, including myself. And my kids. And we would deliver those gifts on Christmas Eve. And I can't tell you what that did to my kids because it took their focus off what's under our tree to what we're giving to somebody else. And they can tell you stories today of knocking on doors and seeing families' faces light up because someone chose to give. Can you understand the analogy? When we understand the gift that God has given to us, we should light up. Something should change within us. There should be an attitude shift when we understand the gift that God has given to you and me. Can I tell you, there's plenty of lonely people, plenty of needy people, plenty of hurting people right outside these doors. All we have to do is determine to share the gift that God has given to us. That's why Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 40. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now listen, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will say, Lord, when did we ever do that? I don't recall ever doing that for you, Jesus. Jesus. I don't remember ever being involved in that type of an activity that would bless you in that way. And then the king will answer and say to them, verse 40, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Can I tell you, folks, anytime you choose to share the gift of God, you're blessing the heart of God. Anytime you choose to see that it's more blessed to give than to receive, and you invest in someone else's life, you're blessing the Father. You're declaring the goodness of God through your life. You're experiencing and showing the joy of the Lord to those around you. Can I encourage you, this Christmas season, focus on others. And then number three, can I encourage you to focus on yourself? You say, well, that's a little bit odd in this message. Well, just stay with me, all right? It'll all flesh itself out and we'll be okay, all right? This isn't some egocentric gospel I'm preaching to you this morning. Just hang with me. I want you to understand that our attitudes, our relationships, the way we walk through every season, not just the Christmas season of our life, is determined by the joy we choose to embody in our spirit and our soul. We need to understand that if we will focus inward on the gift we've already received as believers, then what comes out will be a manifestation of the goodness and the glory of God. Sometimes we need to focus on ourselves. i got to be honest with you. There are some days that this kid has to take himself by the back of the neck, slap myself around a little bit and say, Get your act together. Because my attitude isn't right. I'm glad I'm the only one in the room like that. I am so glad I pastored the perfect church. It is such a pleasure to stand before you all every Sunday morning and be able to see your righteousness and your piety and your holiness and how you are so picturing the goodness of what somebody identify with me. Am I the only one that has to have an attitude adjustment every now and then? And sometimes life stinks. And I'm going to tell you about it. We need to understand, we need to focus inward every now and then to get our attitude back in line. Attitude is not automatic. I really envy those people who get up every morning and there's this Mary Poppins smile on their face and there's a song in their heart and they're skipping through life. I envy those people because that's not my life. My life usually starts getting up every morning and deal with 15 problems before I have my first cup of coffee. That's my life. You see, we need to understand that in the midst of life, real life, genuine life, As long as we're walking in shoe leather, we have to adjust our attitudes. That means we focus on ourselves. We say, God, what do you want to do in me today? What are you doing through me today? What do you want me to let go that it may pick up some more of you? You know, sometimes you have to carry out some junk. Sometimes you need to have a day going to the dump. I started to say garage sale, but you don't give that stuff to anybody else. You need to haul it to the dump and bury it. Sometimes you need to get a wheelbarrow, dump all that negative stuff in it, and haul it away. So there's room for the joy of the Lord in your life. Come on, get rid of the clutter and let Him do something in you. So what should we get rid of? Well, we should get rid of worry and stress. Can you say amen? Amen. The most stressful time of the year, not the most happy, not the most wonderful, the most stressful time of the year is this season. I don't have enough money to do what I want to do. My family's going to be disappointed. I burned the turkey. Everybody's going to be mad. My dressing's hard as a rock. Yvonne could use it as a clay pigeon and shoot at it. (laughs) Things always go wrong and stress begins to elevate. Can I encourage you today to lay it down? Can I encourage you today to quit worrying about things that have no eternal significance? Who cares if you burn the turkey? Go to Burger King. Amen. Amen. You can have it your way there. (laughs) Let the stress go. That's what Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing. You know what that means? It means live a stress-free life. Just give it to Him. Quit worrying about what you can't change. If it's done, it's done. Move on. Secondly, get rid of the unforgiveness. My goodness, if there's baggage we're carrying in the church today, this is it. Do you know what they said? Do you know what they did? Do you know how they treated me? Get rid of the unforgiveness. It will not change your past, but it certainly will change your future. It will make you the person you want to be when you choose to forgive and to let it go. Someone says, well, how do I know it when I forgive it? When you can remember the incident that caused you pain and no longer feel the pain, you've forgiven. So choose to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So here's the, the question. Have you been forgiven? Have your sins been washed away through the blood of Jesus Christ? Has God showed you great favor and grace and mercy? Has He chosen to forgive you rather than to judge you? Then how can you stand in judgment or unforgiveness or bitterness against someone else? As God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, you need to forgive one another. So let it go. Make it a point today that I'm going to forgive. And listen, folks, it's not a one-time action. It's a repeated thing. Sometimes you have to forgive again and again and again and again. The very same occurrence and incidence. Well, do whatever you have to do to get past it and put it behind you. And then let go of discouragement. Let go of Discouragement. So many are discouraged this time of the year. The suicide rate spikes this time of the year. Oh, come on, believers. If we're living the life we should live and doing what we're supposed to be doing, we should be bringing great tidings of good news that brings joy to all the world. The problem is we become silent. We no longer talk about him. We no longer share the gift that he's given to us. Isn't it time to let go of discouragement so that we can see God moving in the lives of those around us? Second Thessalonians two sixteen and 17. Paul writes, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Here's the truth. You can be full of faith or you can be full of fear. You can be full of the joy of Jesus Christ, or you can be full of the world's woes. And it's all up to you. No one else that makes that decision for you. It's your choice. I told you last week that Christmas is really the great exchange, where we exchange our sorrows, we exchange our sins, we exchange our mistakes for the greatest gift God has ever given, and that's forgiveness. And that forgiveness brings us love. It's wrapped in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should never perish, but have everlasting life. He gives us love. That gift brings us hope. It allows me to know that even on my worst days, I serve a God who's got it. Even on the days when I failed and I fell and I faltered, I serve a God who says, I'm going to pick you up and put your feet up on a solid rock and that's where you're going to stay. And that gift brings us joy. So that in spite of what's happening around me, there can be a deep-seated assurance and knowledge that God's got this. And even though I don't want to sing, I can sing because He is still in control. It brings me joy. So I really can live happy in a grumpy world. Vance Havner, an old evangelist, said it this way. You're the only person who can decide to be joyful this year. You can't touch anybody else or affect anybody else and cause them to make the decision. But you, my friend, can make that decision today. I'm going to live with joy. I'm going to live with joy. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Musicians, would you please return? Father, in the next few minutes, I pray that you'd speak into our hearts and into our lives. I pray that now you'd help us once again to focus on Jesus. To recognize the price you have paid, the sacrifice that he made, that we might know you. So we turn our attention to Jesus. And I pray now that the Holy Spirit would shine the spotlight of your love, your grace, your mercy into our hearts. Examine us today. And Lord, I pray now for those in this room who've never accepted you as Lord and Savior. Never received you as the greatest gift ever given. I pray that you would speak into their hearts this morning. Minister into their lives today. Give them courage to respond to you just like my friend and his family did last week. Do it again in this room today. Let Christmas be a time of new birth when we accept you as our Lord and Savior. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this room today. You're sitting here and you say, Steve, I need the gift that God has given. I need to be forgiven. I need my sins washed away. I want God to come into my heart and come into my life and change me through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. That's you. I just described you right where you sit. Would you lift your hand and say, pray for me across this room today? Lift your hand and say, pray for me. Yes, yes. And someone else will join these back in the riser. Someone else. Lift your hand and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Yes, sir. Someone else. is so wait just another moment. You'll join these three or four. So wait another moment. Anyone else? All right. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed across this room. Pray this prayer with me. Those of you who lifted your hands, lift your head and look at me. Nobody else is looking around, just us, me and you. Pray this prayer with me. And as you pray it, God is going to respond to you today. And he's going to receive you as his son and forgive you of your sins. So pray with me this morning, would you please? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And I can't save myself. Come into my heart, come into my life, change me, forgive me, and cleanse me. Thank you for becoming my Lord and Savior. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand your feet with me across this room, please. You're here this morning and i want to sing joy to the world one more time tom joy to the world you're here this morning and you say i want to focus on jesus this christmas season i want to focus on others this christmas season and i want his light to shine through me to make a difference in the world around me if that's you just lift your hand and say that's my desire for this christmas season across this room that's my desire my hands as high as anybody else's that's my desire I want to focus on the king, and I want to focus on somebody else and allow their lives to be touched by his grace and by his mercy. Father, I pray now for each and every one of us in this room that you would cause us to focus on your son. Help us to remember it's more blessed to give than to receive and find ways to involve ourselves in someone else's life, showing them the love, the grace, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We just sing it out one more time. Joy to the world. Thank you for listening to audio from Christian Heritage Church, located in Tallahassee, Florida. Feel free to give copies of this message to others, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Christian Heritage Church, please visit us online at chctoday.com.